Welcome back to another episode of Gimme Some Truth International uh, Edition. Dame la verdad, as I think we've taken to calling it here in in, in the studio. Uh, here with uh, Sil Michelin to talk about uh, a country that is a, a Frenchman. He, he, you know, harbors some great animosity <laughs> towards. Um, uh, I think his uh, survey of, of the UK was... Uh, the food is bad. The beer is warm. <laughs> the weather is terrible. Um, you know, uh, but uh, more seriously, still, you've actually lived in London, right? I lived in London for a few years. I moved to London in 2012, in August, in the middle of the Olympics, uh, which was terrible timing, as you can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I lived there for, for a few years. And uh, actually quite a few French people in the UK pre Huge community. Yeah. A huge community. I think, what, 600,000 or something? I think it would be like the fifth or sixth largest French town if it were in France. So a huge French community in London. I think they also say that about uh, Lambeau Field as the fifth or sixth biggest town in Wisconsin <laughs> on Packer Sundays. Um, and, and, you know, it's also a popular destination for American expatriates. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think, um, you know, in terms of investing and taxes and, and so on. And I think, you know, the, the biggest thing before we get, you know, into a lot of the nitty gritty is really time. Um, is the biggest determinant of how much influence, how much effect um, the UK is going to have on your tax situation. Um, the reason I say that is is essentially they have a, a system uh, in place to kind of ease the, the transition for expatriates. So, um, you know, so talk a little bit about uh, remittance-based taxation, how that works, what's the What's the story behind that and, and so on and so forth? Yeah, so um, the UK is kind of unique as a country for US expats. Um, and I mean, it's probably one of the better countries to be uh, a US expat, all things considered, for, for a number of reasons. Um, and uh, one being that it has probably a better and more detailed tax treaty um, than you know perhaps any country around the world, with the exception maybe of Canada. Um, and there's also certain unique aspects of just the UK tax code and, um, and UK common law, really, that give you certain benefits. And as you said, time is a big factor in the sense that if you're moving to the UK forever and you're going to live there for 50 years, that's one scenario. If you're moving there for just a few years, um, it's completely different scenario and the rules that apply are going to be very, very different. And so remittance basis taxation at a very high level is the idea that you can move to the UK as an American or as a, you know, Frenchman, Russian, or, you know, Chinese for that matter, as a non-UK citizen and live there, work there, um, but only pay UK income tax on income that you earn in the UK, right? So that's very interesting and potentially very beneficial for people who move there and are just going to work there. Um, maybe they're on a professional assignment for a couple of years. You could move to the UK, um, claim the remittance basis taxation on the basis that you are not a UK citizen and you're only living there temporarily uh, and only get taxed in the UK on your UK sourced income, which would likely consist only of your employment income, right? And if you happen to 
hold assets outside the UK. Maybe you have a brokerage account in the US. Maybe you have uh, other types of investments in the US that you derive income from. Then you wouldn't be taxed in the UK on those sources of income as long as you don't actually remit the funds into the UK. Um, hence the name remittance basis taxation. So the idea is you would only be taxed in the UK on UK sourced income unless you take overseas income and remit the funds into the UK. So that's a, a nice benefit. There's a lot of, um, you, you still have to be careful because it's, it's kind of exciting and it sounds great. Um, but you know, there's a lot of ways that you can actually get yourself in trouble navigating all the complex rules. Um, so you still need to be careful if you do make that election, but potentially if you're uh, moving to the UK temporarily, you know, that could be very beneficial. It's not as beneficial for Americans as it is for, you know, people from other countries, because you're still going to be subject to US taxes, obviously. Um, but given that US taxes are generally much lower than UK taxes, it's still a really nice benefit. Yeah, and and I think with, you know, as you mentioned with the remittance and, and just the idea of remit means, um, you know, if you're living in the UK, as long as that money stays outside of the UK, you don't pay any tax. So say you have, you know, because I like round numbers, uh, 100,000 in, in a US bank account, um, at, you know, and, and uh, it earns interest and so on. If you choose to remit, things get more complicated, um, you know, or if you have it in a brokerage account and it grows and you choose to remit it, it gets more complicated. But if you just keep it outside of the UK and it stays there and, and grows, you don't have to worry about for basically the first seven years any uh, tax from the UK where it gets complicated. So say, you know, by way of, uh, you know, life getting complicated, you move to the UK for a couple of years, you fall in love and end up, you know, staying in the, in the UK. This is, uh, you know, of, of the, the major things that complicate people's, uh, you know, stays in various countries, <laughs> you know, uh, if you could just stop falling in uh, love. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it people. It makes our job <laughs> as financial advisors much more complicated. Um, and you end up staying there, then this may change. But if you're going there for a couple of years, you're not planning on buying a house, you know, just going to rent for a couple of years, stay there, work, enjoy your job, you know, do that. Um, you don't need to worry about, you know, remitting those funds where it gets more complicated is if you're there for the long haul, if you're there for, um, more than, more than seven years, because as well, if you're there for a short term, you don't have to worry about UK tax. One of the things you don't have to worry about is some of the investment regulations in the UK that we're going to, uh, talk about a little bit more here as well. Um, and you can kind of uh, skirt by those. You're, you're fine in a, in a lot of ways concerning tax and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that's a, a key time thing. The other key time thing that, that should be uh, kind of kept in mind by Americans is uh, the UK, like the US, uh, also uh, operates with a, an estate tax, although it being the UK and, and the old joke about two countries separated by a common language here uh, holds true. Uh, they tax the estate in the UK, but they call it an inheritance tax. Make of that what you will. In the United States, we call it an estate tax, and the limits in the UK are, are much lower. But again, question of time, you, you essentially don't have to worry about that in, unless you've lived 15 of the last 20 years. 
in the UK. Um, so another kind of consideration that that changes. Um, what I'll, I'll note there as well is none of these rules, if you are a UK citizen, all of this goes out the window and you're liable for the tax right away. Um, but if you are, you know, uh, still planning on living in the UK for more than seven years, it make, may make sense to shift from the remittance to the arising basis, depending on your situation for those first seven years as well, doesn't it? Uh, yes. I think, as I alluded to earlier, I think the, the idea of a remittance basis sounds good in, in, in theory. In practice, what we find is that it can be a source of just headaches for people who end up staying longer. Um, simply put, I mean, remember that as you accrue income that is not taxed in the UK, um, that's going to follow you for the rest of your time in the UK, effectively. So you have to keep track of it for from an accounting standpoint, because that untaxed income can effectively never be sent into the UK, uh, or it's, it's a tax event, right? So given the complexities associated with that, um, I think for a lot of Americans who, uh, frankly are, you know, do enjoy some benefit from it, but still get taxed in the, in the U S at the end of the day, um, for a lot of Americans, it might actually be simpler to just be taxed on an arising basis and still enjoy the flexibility of, you know, being able to send funds into the UK if they decide to buy a house, right? Or if they end up staying longer, or if they just, you know, need $10,000 just to go on vacation or something, right? Yeah. So there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, once you're, once you go down the remittance basis path, there's a lot of accounting complexity that goes along with that. Um, and, you know, for a lot of people, it might actually not makes sense. It might be easier to just declare your entire worldwide income um, and keep things simple that way. Yeah. And, and as well, you know, the U.S., as you mentioned before, and U.K. have a very good tax treaty. Um, and one of the things that allows is a kind of mutual system of, of tax credits. So in the U.S., you know, if you're paying, say, 15 percent capital gains, actually the, the U.K. low rate uh, for lower earners is, is lower. And then the higher rate is is kind of comparable to the yeah. US at, at 20%. So you may end up, you know, paying the, the same tax rate. Um, one of the cases where it may work out better is if you have partnership income in the US, uh, significant um, income that may be taxed at at a higher UK tax rate, uh, an income tax rate, something like that. But in a lot of cases with just, if you have a you know brokerage portfolio, it becomes a lot simpler because um, one of the things, if you've spent any time looking through the various HMRC documents, um, there's an old Monty Python sketch about school rules that I always think of where it's, you know, if you are writing your essay this afternoon and your brother is coming to pick you up at three o'clock, you know, you are to put your, your coat on the lower rung. If, uh, your coat is already on the lower rung, you are to move your coat from the lower rung over one, <laughs> you know, one hanger. Um, and that's, you know, uh, to, not to put too fine a point on it, but the, the kind of nature of the remittance tax rules. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the complexity you alluded to f earlier. So, you know, d just kind of big picture, let's say I'm on the arising basis in the UK. What other things do I need to know about um, concerning my accounts? Okay, well, uh, a, a really important point is that you need to be careful if you invest in 
funds um, that the funds, and if they are not UK funds, uh, which as an American, they will not be, uh, because if you're American, you should really only invest in US registered funds. Um, one thing you want to be careful of is that your funds are what's called in the UK uh, registered funds, right? So effectively, all non-UK funds, all offshore funds from a UK perspective, um, fall into two categories. They could either be non-UK reporting or they could be UK reporting. UK reporting just means that they make certain disclosures to Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, the UK tax office, that you know they just tick the right boxes and they are considered good, so to speak, right? They are funds that are considered uh, transparent and approved effectively for a certain tax treatment in the UK, right? And that's really crucial because the difference between non-UK reporting funds and UK reporting funds uh, can be massive when you eventually sell the fund. Because if you sell a non-reporting fund, you're going to be taxed on the gains you make um, at the sort of normal income tax rate in the UK. If you sell a reporting fund, that will be capital gains. And you know the difference between capital gains tax and income tax in the UK can be 50% for income tax and 20% for capital gains tax, right? So it's kind of a big deal. Um, so when we work on portfolios for people moving to the UK, we're always very careful to select funds that are going to be very tax efficient for them, both in the US and in the UK. Yeah, and, and there are a, a couple of companies uh, that we know of, um, you know, the, we're not here to endorse any particular investment product or anything like that, but that we know uh, they have ETFs that they've registered in the United Kingdom uh, so that they're, you know, approved by uh, the HMRC, which is a cooler name for revenue collection than IRS. I think Her, <laughs> Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs is cooler than Internal Revenue Service. I just think of like, you know, uh, uh, guys in official looking uniforms uh, rather than, you know, boring uh, bureaucrats when you when you think of the, the IRS. Um, but so that's that's I think you know still you highlighted a really a, a crucial thing and and one of the things is that we see quite a bit is people before they you know they move and then they're like oh shoot I've got these funds and so it's a case where you know in certain cases maybe you're there for the longer term but it makes sense to keep the remittance basis so that we can move you out of those funds into registered funds in preparation for you being there for the long term and, and save you some tax money, at least in the UK. Um, concerning any retirement accounts I have in the US, anything like that, um, should I be worried? You know, do I, do I need to do anything, you know, with my IRA or my 401k before I, before I go? Well, no, there's no reason to be worried. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, actually, there's a really good income tax treaty between the UK and the US. And typically, anything that is um, qualified as a retirement account uh, in the US will also enjoy the same kind of tax deferred treatment uh, in the UK. So from that perspective, there really isn't anything to be worried about per se. Um, there may actually be opportunities um, if you are moving to the UK, um, you know, in particular, uh, as it relates to the way that the UK may treat a, a 
Roth distribution, for example. Um, so, you know, that, that's a discussion that I like to have with clients who are moving to the UK um, because, you know, that could be a great opportunity to uh, work on a Roth conversion type strategy, you know, depending on various other factors, uh, obviously. But uh, in general, yeah, the UK is not a bad place to move to for people with retirement assets. And as well, one thing that's kind of interesting about that, that tax treaty as well is if you move to the UK on a kind of temporary basis and they make contributions to, say, your US 401k, you have a, you know, and you're, you're working there, those will actually be uh, deductible as well. Um, on your UK taxes. Um, likewise, um, you know, if you are in the UK and you're making contributions to a UK pension, those will be protected by the treaty and uh, deductible as, as well on the, the US side. Um, so it's it's really a very good treaty. And, and as you mentioned there, still, um, the UK is one of the, you know, sort of unique countries in that it honors the, the Roth IRA under the terms of the treaty. So tax-free distributions in the U.S. will also be tax-free in the U.K. Um, we, we mentioned ever so briefly, so should you be moving and have the opportunity to have a U.K. pension, um, you know, that I think is, is we're, we're running up against our time, but that is another uh, sort of important consideration for uh, Americans working in the UK because there are all sorts of options, all sorts of mm -hmm. things that you can do to have um, tax deferred or tax free savings, and not all of them are created uh, or viewed equally by the IRS, um, and not all of the the same items um, or same possibilities are are available to you as they are to uh, UK only or citizens of other countries. Yeah, that's right. And going back to your point about time being an important factor. I think if you go to the UK to work, but with the intention of retiring to the US, uh, again, that's kind of a different discussion. And that may bring certain opportunities uh, in the way that you should handle your UK pension account. So another good discussion to have if you happen to be moving to the UK uh, for a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we'll kind of leave things there with a kind of a quick overview. Um, you know, a couple of important time elements, seven years and uh, 15 years, uh, because then uh, after 15 years, you're deemed domicile of the United Kingdom and uh, subject to their inheritance tax uh, limits and, and so on. Um, so, you know, things things there to consider, things to consider in terms of pensions, especially in the UK, are, are quite complicated um, and how to, you know, consider them from, from U.S. tax purposes. Uh, so really appreciate you listening and, and thanks for tuning in for another expat edition of Dame la Verdad. Wachter Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Wachter Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, 
or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.